It's a delight, church, to have with us all the way from New Zealand, Pastor Brent and Annie Cameron. They spoke to us yesterday. Uh, Pastor Brent and Annie are part of Arise Church, the executive pastors of Arise Church, which is the largest and fastest growing church in New Zealand, uh, around 8,000 people across nine locations. They not only oversee four Pastor John and Jillian, who are great friends of our church, they not only oversee uh, all of those locations for them, they oversee and they planted C3, C3, Arise Christ Church. It's just, it's just, it just slips off my tongue. Arise in Christ Church, and <laughs> just how it rolls. Uh, arise in Christ Church, and we are cousins, and we're, we're part of the same kingdom. That's why it just works. And so as a church, uh, I love having churches who are, are, are larger than ours, who are carving up new territory, who are pioneering that we can learn from, who we can be friends of. And Arise Church is one of those great churches that we watch and admire and love. And a lot of the, the success of Arise Church is can be attributed to the leadership of Brent and Annie as the executive leaders. And so uh, today it's a great privilege to have you both with us. We love you both, the spirit that you carry, the vision that you carry, the empowerment that you have. And I know you're going to love this today, church. So can we put our hands together right now and welcome Pastor Brent Cameron right now. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. And why don't we just take one moment and give Jesus a great shout of praise in this room today. Come on. He's awesome. He is awesome. And uh, one more thing, before you, before you sit down, can we just thank our amazing praise and worship band this morning? Aren't they absolutely brilliant? Great praise and worship. Thanks so much, guys. We appreciate you. And uh, before you sit down, how many just standing beside someone who is ridiculously good looking this morning? It, it just... Well, you need to tell them they're looking sharp today. You look good. You need to give them a high five. You might want to kiss them, whatever you got to do. But grab a seat wherever you are. And uh, we're going to get into it. It's great to be here and to see everybody up here on Australia Day. I learned you, you spell Australia, you can leave the A and the U out. It starts with the A, Australia Day. And uh, it's great to be up here on the sunny coast. I love a sunburnt country. It's uh, be something I'd quite enjoy, getting sunburned a little bit more. But uh, it is great to be here. And um, I just want to take one moment and thank Pastors John and Danielle for having us here this weekend. We absolutely loved yesterday, loved uh, hearing Pastor John, the vision for the church you were sharing yesterday. So excited for what God is doing here. And, you know, um, Annie and I are part of a church that, uh, as Pastor John was saying, we've got nine locations across New Zealand, which is exciting for us. Uh, I know Pastor John and Danielle overseeing uh, C3 Global, 600 churches, and uh, so it kind of feels like we're just a little drop in the bucket um, compared to what you guys are doing. And, you know, for this church, I think it's a big mindset that says we're going to release our pastors to go and to minister in a whole bunch of other churches and to step into gaps and you know to release them not just on Sundays but during the week as well and just to know that other people are going to fill roles that maybe and traditionally were filled by the senior ministers of a church there's other people stepping into those roles so that they can do what they're doing and you know but across the world there are so many C3 churches that are becoming what they are becoming and they wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for pastors John and Danielle and uh so come on, can we thank them for that? That's a tremendous sacrifice on their behalf as well. And, 
you know, going and traveling, doing all that stuff. Anyone of you ever thought traveling was glamorous should try it for a little while and you realize it wasn't so good after all. But uh, it, is, it is great to be here with you. And uh, if we haven't met before, it's good to meet you. My name is Brent um, and I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm not. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, I'm, out, I'm living in Christchurch in New Zealand, which is without a doubt the most beautiful place on earth. And uh, it's great to have my wife with me this weekend. It's funny because we both travel all the time, but we never travel together. And uh, so this weekend we're here, so we're really happy. And uh, so we thought we'd celebrate by going for a swim in the ocean. And uh, I'll be disfigured for life. I am the elephant man. I look like I've literally had the cat of nine tails. I've got lines all down me from these evil sea monsters that attack me. I'm just telling people they got attacked by an Australian sea monster. They're going to straight away think it's a great white shark and, you know, it'll be awesome. But uh, it, is great. it is great to be here on Australia Day. And my eldest daughter just started dating an Australian. So, uh, you know, I thought, you, you know, that brings us together a little bit. Weirdly, it's an Australian who lives in New Zealand. Most of the time it's the other way around, but, you know, he's bucking the trend. So praise God for him. And, uh, and we're actually just back. We're just back from Gallipoli, and we went there just a couple of weeks ago, and we were in Istanbul and talked about that yesterday, but we were in Turkey, so we thought we'd jump in the car and drive down to Gallipoli and had, a, had the most um, impacting day at Gallipoli. I don't know if you've ever been, um, but obviously it's Australia Day, it's not Anzac Day, but something of that Anzac spirit that unites New Zealand and Australia um, when, you're, when you're in Gallipoli, you go, we went down to Anzac Cove and saw where they landed and all that kind of gear and saw different monuments. Then we went up to the top of the hill and the New Zealand monuments up there at Chanak Bar and there's also the, the Lone Pine monument to all the Australian soldiers. And, you know, tremendously moving experience for anyone from down under. Really the days, I suppose, where our nations became independent nations. And, you know, a lot of times they talk about that Anzac Day, don't they? The day that that our nation became a nation and kind of emerged as its own thing. And uh, there's an incredible bond between Australia and New Zealand, that Anzac spirit. And we were there, I was so emotional at both, both sites. And I think I was as emotional at the Australian one at Lone, Lone Pine when they say 2,200 Australians died in a 36-metre stretch of land. Um, you know, you're just there going, what a waste of just the most amazing young men. And we praise God that they were prepared to sacrifice so that we could have freedom. And... You know, I, I believe today that God wants us to take on a spirit that um, has been in our nations and has been resonant, I suppose, down under, a spirit of sacrifice and a spirit that I'm going to get out there and pay the price for generations that are to come. Amazing to see so many people here from all around the world that have moved here to Australia and, and New Zealand's very similar if you do that sort of thing on, a, on our Waitangi Day, which would be next month to see so many people from all over the world that have come to New Zealand because I believe God is wanting to do something significant through our nations. And, you know, here today, I want to encourage you, don't just come to the sunny coast and don't just come to Australia. Don't be living here your life and just say, well, this is really great and I'm doing well and life is good for me. But I believe that God today wants to stir our hearts to live for a greater cause, to, to live for the cause of Christ in our generation, to make an impact in our nation and in the nations of the world, to make a difference in Jesus' name. And so we want to talk about that a little bit this morning, and I want to challenge your heart around how you see your life, how you see your family, how you see your church, how you see our nation, our world, because I believe that God wants us to see 
things differently. Everybody who's in Melbourne this morning, we want to welcome you. And, uh, you know, as Pastor John was saying, just an amazing day today. Last day in the home, next day you're stepping out. I just want to encourage you, get ready for the most exciting days of your life. But just in front of you, uh, you never forget planting a church. You never forget that first Sunday and the people you meet and the miracles that you see God do. And uh, we are so excited for that. If you got your Bible, go to the book of Mark. Chapter number 8 and verse 22. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It's going to come up on the most amazing screen in all the world right behind me. Um, It says these words. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and to heal him. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then he spat in the man's eyes and he laid his hands on him and he asked, can you see anything now? And the man looked around. He said, yes. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. And he began to sing, I can see clearly now the rain has gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. And then Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back to the village on your way home. A couple of years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night. My youngest daughter had come into our room for, for whatever reason, you know what kids are like. And being a smart child, I'd gone straight to mum's side of the bed and had climbed in there and Annie woke me up and said, hey, hey babe, um, I need you to go and get me a glass of water for her. She's she needs a glass of water. So I'm like, okay, as, as a good husband, I do exactly what I'm told. So, um, so, <laughs> so I I climbed out of bed and began to walk towards the bathroom so I could get a glass of water. And as I began to walk, I realized that I had a problem. And my problem was that I couldn't see anything. And it was quite a a moment for me as I'm like, I can't see. So, you know, you know, when you're kind of like trying to blink and I'm thinking maybe there's there's sleep in my eyes and I don't know what's going on. and, And I kept blinking. And then I thought, well, I'll just keep going and by faith, you know, I'll live by faith and not by sight. So I took a couple more steps and I walked into the bed and kicked my toe on the end of the bed, you know. Now that, that can produce a different kind of tongues from you at times. And, 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 and so I'm like, I'm like, and Annie's like to me, what's wrong, babe? Why are you walking into the bed? What's happening? And I said to her, babe, babe, I can't see anything. My eyes, they won't work. I've gone blind. I can't see. And, and to which she replied, hey, I reckon you should take off your sleeping mask that you're wearing. And a miracle happened there. A breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. I took it off and I could see clearly. It was a, an absolutely miraculous healing that came into my life. But, you know, today I, I want to talk to everybody about what are you seeing in your life? What lenses are in your life? What, what is the perspective? What is blind? We're talking this morning about a man who was blind, but I've found in life sometimes the things that blind us are just so close to us that we can't see them for ourselves. And You know, often in life, we're going through life and we believe that we can see, but in actual fact, there are things that are filtering our views. There are things that we are looking through that are causing us to see in a different way or a certain perspective. For most people, what we have experienced in the past is setting our expectations for what we're going to see in the future. And I believe that today, God wants to break off old mindsets. God wants to break off old perspectives. God wants to bring us into something new to see what He would see for our lives and to believe with a fresh spirit of faith for what God is going to do 
in our lives. In our text, it begins in a man who is blind is brought to Jesus and the hope that Jesus will heal him. Do you know that in the New Testament, there are seven people that Jesus heals who were blind. Seven people who were blind that were healed by Jesus, which is amazing because you can read the whole Old Testament and you'll never see one person healed who was blind. It is the only miracle that Jesus did that didn't happen in the Old Testament. That's when you read, there's one guy particularly that was born blind and you see the Pharisees getting his parents even to say, are you sure he was born blind? Because no one had ever been healed of blindness in the whole Old Testament. And for someone to be born blind was radically different. Why? Because God is in the business of opening the eyes of the blind. God is in the business of changing the way that we see the world. God, I believe this morning wants to come in this room in your life and in mine and cause us to see with a fresh perspective so that he can call, so that we will live in a different way from the way that we have been living. It is so important to know that of those seven people, five of them were brought to Jesus by somebody else. Why is that important, Brent? Because next week in church, we're launching groups. Why do we have groups? So that we can grow together, right? We can sit in a group. Listen, you can come to church on a Sunday and in the foyer you can pat a joey and meet a koala and you can shake hands with somebody, give them a high five, you can kiss babies, you can walk out the door and never really connect and get to know somebody, you know? But when you go along to a group and you're part of a group over a series of weeks and months and years, you get to know people. And here's the problem is that you can't see what's close to your eyes. And someone, you need someone else to say, hey, you need to take off that mask. You need to take off that filter. We believe that God's got more for you. And come on together, we're going to pray and believe for God to do a work in your life. That's why we have the groups. I want to encourage you to be a part of that in Jesus' name. But we see this guy and, and I love the fact that Jesus comes to this man and the Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus takes him by the hand and he walks out the village. They came to him. I love it because they told Jesus how to heal him. What we want you to do is to lay your hands on him and heal him, right? We know how it's going to work. He's going to come to the altar. Somebody's going to sing the song. Come on, Cheryl, just sing another song, you know, just as I am. And we're going to pray for him. Touch. He's going to fall down. We're going to bring a modesty blanket over in case anything gets exposed, like all the stripes from the whipping he took yesterday from the jellyfish. And, and, and we're going to cover all of that over. And then, you know, and that's how it's going to work. And Jesus is like, that's not how it's going to work today. He says, no, I'm going to do it differently. I want you to see something you've never seen before. That's a word for somebody in this room. He takes him by the hand. He leads him out of the village. Takes him outside. He takes him out. Why did he move Jesus? Why did Jesus move this guy? Because firstly, you need to know that God is committed to us always moving forward. There are so easy, it is so easy in life for us to get to a point in our lives where we are comfortable. And our world is preaching a gospel, my friend. I like to refer to the kingdom of this world as the kingdom of comfort. The best thing that can happen for your life, this world will tell you, is that you're able to buy everything that you want to buy and still have time to do whatever it is you want to do. And you can just come and live on the sunny coast and sit on the beach. Don't go in the water though, you get stung. But you know, have a nice time, get a nice tan, get it all perfect. And then let's just enjoy our lives. But God has something so much greater for us. He doesn't want us to live our lives for ourselves, but live our lives for other people. Live our lives for the cause of Christ. And He wants us to be grab hold of a a vision for our lives and live for what He is calling us to. Jesus gets this guy and He's saying, listen, we're going to move forward. We're not going to stay here. We're going to move forward. This guy is blind. He can't see what's going to be in the future. And I don't know about you, but I, I need you to know that God has a vision for your life. 
You might be in a place where you're saying, I don't have a vision today. I believe God wants to give you a vision. Maybe you find yourself in a place where you have a big vision, but you don't know how you're gonna get there. Welcome to the club. I know exactly what that feels like. But my friend, you need to know that God, His Word is a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path. And as you follow Jesus, He's gonna give you the next step in the future. And today, maybe He's gonna open up your eyes to see where He wants you to move in this next season right here, right now. Maybe it's gonna be part of the Leadership Academy. Maybe it's gonna be part of stepping into a group. I don't know what it's gonna be for your life, but I know that God has a purpose for your life and He will cause you to see the next steps so that we can move forward in that plan. I believe today there are people in this room and the truth is that you don't have yet a dream for your life, but you need to know that God has a dream for your life. And you were born for such a time as this. And God wants to bring us forward to see all that He has for us. I I believe in Melbourne this morning. There are people there and you're saying, man, I've just turned up to this house. I've just met this group of people. I really don't know what's gonna happen when this church launches. Well, my friend, I've got great news for you today. You are not part of that team by accident. God brought you there for such a time as this and you get ready for all that God's about to do in Jesus' name. It's it's interesting that the guy is in this town called Bethsaida, Bethsaida. And Jesus hated Bethsaida. I mean, He said terrible things about Bethsaida. We have towns in New Zealand that I talk about very negatively. I mean, we're driving through one town in New Zealand. You've probably never heard of it. It's a place called Huntley. It's an old coal mining town and and now has a power station on the banks of a river. And I'm driving through it. My kids say to me, Dad, why do people live in Huntley? And I said to them, well, kids, you just need to understand that sometimes cars break down. And people were driving through the town and their car broke down. And there's nobody here that can fix it. That's why they live here. It's the only reason. It's the only reason I could think of, you know. Maybe you're in Melbourne this morning. You could go up to Bonnie Doon. I don't know what Bonnie Doon's like, but I know it's in the castle. We're going to Bonnie Doon. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's a town that people don't like in Australia. But you know what? There are towns everywhere that people don't like. And Jesus hated Bethsaida. He talks about it and he says, it's going to be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it's going to be for Bethsaida on the day of judgment. You know, he really didn't like Bethsaida. So what he does is he takes the guy out of the town. He takes him out. Why did Jesus not like Bethsaida? Because Bethsaida was a place that was full of unbelief. It had no faith in it. So Jesus says, I've got to take you out of the place of unbelief and I've got to bring you to a place where we can fill your life with faith. There are people in this room today and you've come to church and you don't really have a sense on the inside of your life of faith that's alive, that's causing your life to move forward. You're not following that that, that feeling like I've got a call from God. I've got a purpose from God. I'm living for that. You need to know today you're not at church by accident. God brought you here so that He could fill you with faith, fill you with life, fill you with purpose so you could live your life in the spirit of faith. Sometimes God has to move us physically to move us spiritually. And so Jesus does this. He takes him out of the village. He takes him out of the unbelief. He takes him out of that small thing. He takes him out of the place where he had known restriction for so long and the place where he had accepted that as normal. And he brought him out. And I I just know today there are people here and there are things in your world that are maybe just staring you down. 
Maybe there's just something just staring you down. Maybe a doctor's report. Maybe just something with your children. Maybe something with your financial situation. Maybe there's just a career. Just something is staring you down. Maybe life just doesn't look how it should or how you thought that it would. Maybe you just feel like, I I think like this and the mold of my thinking, it is set. That's how I'm going to be. Listen, I want to challenge you this morning that you are not a fixed constant. Only God is. And we are called to always change and always grow. Maybe in front of you is a closed door, an insurmountable obstacle. But we needn't accept our partial sight or our limited freedom, our present troubles or our current restrictions. Our assessment is not the only one. We serve a God who is able to do miracles. Come on, somebody. We serve a God who is greater than anything we could ever face and any challenge we could ever have. And by His power, He can move in our lives and cause us to see a different way in Jesus' name. Oh, today, Jesus, I believe, wants to move in your heart. He wants to shift our perspective. There is more for your life, my friend. And God wants us to see through the eyes of faith. And I love it because then then things get a bit crazy. Now, what Jesus does, He leads him out of the village, He gets him there, and then He spits in His eyes. Now, listen, I, I don't know Australian culture very well. In New Zealand, that's a bad thing to do, to spit in someone's face, right? I'm assuming it's similar over here. We encourage in our church people to get out of the box. We encourage people to try new things, innovate, just have a go, you mug, you know, that kind of thing. This is not something we encourage anybody to do. And I don't believe it's something Powerhouse Church would encourage anyone to do. But Jesus did it, praise God. Jesus, He spat in a man's eyes. He spat in him. And, and, and it's amazing when you look at it, because for me, I'm thinking, why would Jesus do that? It doesn't make sense to me why Jesus would want to spit in somebody's eye. But then I started reading all of the times that Jesus healed blind people. And do you know He used a bunch of different ways to heal blind people? This guy here, he spat in his eye. Another guy, he made mud and he stuck it on his eyes. I mean, again, it's unusual, isn't it? You know, Uh, There's a guy called Bartimaeus. Jesus is walking past him. And Bartimaeus is like shouting, can you heal me? And Jesus is like, yeah, bro, get better. It's going to be awesome. And he's instantly healed and starts following him. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts is blind and Ananias prays for him and the Bible says that scales fall from his eyes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit fishy, isn't it? Scales falling from his eyes. What's going on there? And, and uh, some of you get that tomorrow. But you know, here's the thing you need to know is to do the exact same thing in a different life. God will use a completely unique approach because God is not going to stay the same for us. God God sees us all as individuals. He made us on purpose and for a purpose and He gives us a unique gift and a unique call and He deals with each of us differently. Listen to it. This morning, Romans says that God doesn't count us by numbers. God counts us by name. His focus is not in arithmetic. His focus is on people. And God puts His hand on a life to do certain things in a certain way. And we can stand back and say, how come you did that in their life, but you're doing a different thing in my life? And God says, because you're not the same person. And I've got a different plan for you. And I've got a different opportunity that I'm opening up. And I've got different things for you. God is good. What He does is good. And God never changes. But He never does the same thing. He always does different things in our lives. That's why He said to the prophet, look, I'm doing a new thing. Stop thinking about the past. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today who's come to church And your reference for what you're going to do in the future is all about what happened in the past. 
Listen, as long as you, as long as you hold on to the hurts and the offenses of the past, you are bound to live in the past. But today is not a day to live in the past. Today is a day to live in the present. God said, I am who I am. He didn't say I was or I will be. I am. And He's speaking to people in this room saying, come on, it's time to live in the here and the now, to hear the now word from God and say yes in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen in the church? God is not looking to repeat the past. He is looking to create the future in our lives. And the Bible says that He spat in the man's eyes and his eyes were opened. But it's interesting that the word that's used here for eyes is not the word that we normally use for the word eyes. In the Greek language that the Bible is written on, written in, not on, in, is written in. And uh, in Greek, they have a few different words for eyes. Most of the time in the New Testament, over a hundred times, they use the word eyes. It is just the same as our English word eyes. But this word is only used twice in the whole New Testament. And it's a different word. And what it's referring to is not just physical sight, but also spiritual sight. It's talking about the fact that what Jesus did in His life is a both physical and spiritual. It's the Greek word oma. You're not talking about a Dutch grandmother. We're literally talking about a different way of seeing. So when it says that He puts His hand on His eyes and healed Him, in actual fact, if you look at that sentence literally, it literally says that He put His hand on Him and caused light to fill Him. It literally could be translated that way, that His hands on His eyes and He brought light to His whole person, both physical and spiritual. In other words, what this text is inferring is that there was something deeper going on in this man's life than just a physical healing of his iris. There was something that was inside him that had caused this darkness to fill him. And the Bible talks about that when Jesus said, be careful the light that's in you is not darkness, because if you're full of darkness and everything in your world is going to be full of darkness, and He's saying, no, I want to breathe life into the sky. And when we allow our eyes to be closed, when we allow the effects and the offenses of the past to cause darkness to come on the inside of us, oftentimes that's going to stop us having a vision for the future, stop us seeing what God is going to do. And listen to me this morning, skepticism comes into our way of thinking. And we come and we begin to filter everything through a skeptical worldview. What's that going to mean? It's going to mean the pastor stands on the stage and begins to declare God's got a great future. And we sit in our seat and we go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he says. Or somebody begins to declare a vision for where we're going as a church. Somebody in Melbourne is saying we're going to start a great church. And people are like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we've heard it all before. And skepticism is the, it's like the antidote to faith. It stops you believing what God has for your life. Stops you taking steps of faith. So we serve a God who's saying, come on, let's go somewhere. Let's do something powerful. And in your heart, you hear the voice of skepticism saying, oh yeah, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. What a great way to self-fulfilling prophecy to stop what God is wanting to do. That we don't take steps of faith. That we don't pray. That we don't believe. That we don't engage with what God is doing. And then we sit back and say, I told you it never happened. It didn't happen because we didn't believe. And Jesus said enough times, be it unto you according to your faith. So God is wanting us, my friends, to allow the light of His gospel and the light of His Word and faith in this room to cause those scales to fall from our eyes, to allow the, the clarity of vision to come in our lives so that we can believe what God is calling us to, that even situations that are right in front of us. I believe that God wants to do a work in your heart today, that when you look at it again, you're going to look to the eyes of faith and nothing might have changed out there, but everything's changed in here. And you know, my God is greater and He is bigger and even the walls 
walls of Jericho are going to fall. Giants are coming down. Nothing can stop the arm of God moving in my life in Jesus' Name. Can I get a witness in the church today? And then Jesus turns to this guy. He's spanning his eyes. He's prayed for him one time. And he says to him, can, can, what can you see? Can you see? Is it all good? And the guy's like, at this moment, turns into a New Zealander. He's a Kiwi. He's like, yeah, nah. I don't know if people say that here. In New Zealand, it's like, hey, is it going to right? Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. It doesn't make sense, but it works. You know, everybody knows what you're saying. No. Yeah, nah. He's like, yeah, nah. I can see. I, can, I can't see clearly. He's like, you know, people look like trees. Now, Jesus could have gone, oh, that's great. That's what we look like. Fantastic. I'm going to now make like a tree and leave. You know, he could have done that. He could have just accepted the fact. I want you to notice that nobody asked Jesus to pray for the guy again. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I can, but it's all good. could you pray for me again? But inherent in this sentence, he says, I can see, but I can't see clearly. It's like a hidden request. And Jesus is like, listen to me this morning. Jesus wants you to see clearly. He has no desire for you to live your life wondering, fumbling around in the dark, can't see anything, got an eye mask on, kicking your toe. That is not the will of God for your life. He wants you to see clearly. But oftentimes what we do is we settle for how we see today and we don't say, Jesus, I can't see everything clearly. And Jesus just says, oh, great. Well, let's pray for you again. He prays for him and then instantly he can see. And I love Jesus says, it's just whatever you do, don't go back to Bethsaida. Don't go back there. Don't go back to that unbelief. Don't go back to that place of restriction. Don't go back to the place where you just learned to live restricted. Don't go back to that place, but let's move forward in our lives and don't go back. Because it's so easy when God works in your heart to go home and then start regurgitating and meditating on the things of the past and the things that got you to the place where you needed God to do a miracle. Don't go back. Go forward in Jesus' name. Believe for the great things of God and go after them with everything that you have in the name of Jesus. Because for all of us, there is more that God has for our lives and He is wanting to move us forward. We need a deep-seated belief that there is more that we have not yet realized and a continual prayer that God would open our eyes to see clearly in Jesus' name. I got my glasses with me this morning. Um, I got these late 2018. So just over a year, I got these glasses. And I go, I got these glasses. My wife has been telling me for about four or five years before that, Brent, you need to get some glasses. I, I rejected the spirit of unbelief. I said, I don't, I don't need glasses. What do I need glasses for? And she said to me, well, why do you have the font on your phone the largest that it can go? I said, for speed reading. You said, well, why is it that you squint to try and read things? I said, well, the sun's quite bright, you know. It's just glary, it's glary, it's, not, it's nothing wrong. Why is it that you get the children to read things out for you? I said, I'm interested in their education. He said, the child's at university. She doesn't need to learn how to read. I said, yeah, but, you know, I just want to continue to develop the skills in her life. She's... She's not a finished product yet. God's still working in her. Praise God. Amen. Glory to hallelujah. You know, I resisted steadfast in the faith, believing against every word of negativity. It wasn't going to affect me. And I just sing the song. You're under my feet. Satan, you're under my feet. I'm not getting glasses. Well, eventually I had to go to the optometrist because, you know, life has a way of beating you up. Growing old is not for the faint hearted. And uh, 
So I went to the optometrist and she tested me, turned around and said, you definitely need glasses. In fact, you need very strong glasses, Brent. So I put them on and I can't see any of you. Not one of you can I see any longer, but I can read my iPad. Praise God. True story. I used to preach with four pages of notes. I now use between 10 and 12. It's no more content. It's just bigger. Size 18, aerial bold. Praise God. I can see clearly. There's nothing wrong with my eyes anymore. I'll drink to that. And, uh, but what a difference when you get a pair of glasses. I don't have a headache at the end of every day. I've no longer got neck pain from leaning forward to see things. I don't squint at everything any longer. It totally transformed my life. The computer screen suddenly was readable again. Here's the thing that you need to know. The truth is that I could see, but I couldn't see clearly. And I reckon all over this room, it's true of every person here to some degree or another. We can see, but we can't see clearly. God has a greater clarity that He wants to bring into our lives. Sometimes, and sometimes being blurry and clear is just, it's just the lens that you're looking through. It's just simply whether or not we're prepared to see things through a different lens, to see things in a new way, to open up our thinking, to hear maybe our group saying, hey, listen, I think you need to actually change the way that you look into those things. To listen to maybe a pastor who's been saying, I think you should try something new to listen to a message this morning and just say, God, would you open the eyes of my heart? I want to see you clearly. I want to see your purpose for my life. Jesus is just saying, listen, all you need to do is answer the question, can you see? Say, yes, but I can't see clearly. I want to see greater. I want to have more clarity. I want to have a greater sense of vision and purpose in my life. Jesus, would you change my lens? Would you change my perspective? Would you change the way that I see the world? I don't want to go around blind with a, with a mask on, but I also don't want to go around furry and fuzzy all of my life. I want you to change the filter that I see life through. I don't want to see it through the lens of my past, but I want to see it through the lens of your Word. I want to see it through the lens of faith, not the lens of skepticism. I want to see it through the lens of where you're calling me to, not where I've come from in Jesus' name. God is calling us today, church, to believe for great things in Him and to take off the mask and take off the lenses and the perspectives and the filters and believe for God to do something great through our lives in Jesus' name. And you know, it's amazing as the band is all going to join me on stage this morning that this is the only gradual miracle in the whole New Testament. You know that Jesus, everybody else that Jesus heals gets healed straight away. I mean, you're literally talking like dead people. He walks up to a coffin and pulls the kid out of a coffin, you know. I mean, that's, it kind of ruined the day, but made the day at the same time, you know. It's like, what are we going to do with all this food now? Hello. Well, let's just have a party. But, you know, every other miracle was just straight away what Jesus said happened. But this one was different. He had to pray for him twice. And I've asked myself so many times why. And I felt like last year God spoke to me and you know, there might be other reasons people would come with, but here's what I felt. God said to me, He said, because Brent, you're always going to need your perspective to change. I've been, I've been doing this for 20 years and God's spoken to my heart and He said, the way that you see the world is not how I want you to continue to see it, but I'm changing things in your vision, changing your perspective. I want to give you a new lens of faith and new belief for bigger things and step into something greater. And all over this room, I reckon God is doing the same thing for people in this room. Some of us here, and we've been saying, hey, well, you don't know what I've been through. And I don't know what you've been through. But I know a God who's greater than anything you could ever walk through. And He's calling you to something amazing in the future. He's calling our hearts today to say, you know what? I'm going to take off those, those lenses 
Take off that skepticism. Take off that unbelief. Take off that holding on to the past and, and running everything through the hurt and the, and the rejection that I've known. But I'm now going to live my life according to the faith that God has for me. I'm not going to allow that time that I stepped out of ministry and I got hurt and it didn't work. I'm not going to allow that to stop me moving forward anymore, but I'm going to take hold of the plan that God has for my life. And I'm going to step into it with everything that I have and believe for the promise of God to be a yes and an amen in my life in Jesus' name. I'm not going not to stand back. And I love this. I love this thought that Jesus leads the guy out by the hand he gets into a place where he can see and then he says to him now, go home, don't go to the village, but go home. And the guy is now able. He doesn't need to be led anymore. He doesn't, Jesus is like, off you go. And he walks himself home. Now that seems easy for you and me if you can see well, you can walk well. But for this guy, that's revolutionary because he would have had to have someone lead him everywhere that he went. And now he's just walking home by himself. Imagine what that journey's like. Imagine, I mean, we were talking before, our son wears glasses. When he was six years old, he got his first pair and he came out and he started telling us, did you know that the grass has individual shoots in it? And we're like, well, yes, but wow, bad parent award, you know. But here's the thing, it's the wonder when your eyes are opened. The wonder of that walk and seeing the people and seeing the trees, not as people and seeing what was happening. Imagine the wonder of that. But you know, God wants us to live our lives with that same sense of wonder. Just seeing what God is doing and not being skeptical, not being like, oh yeah, or saying, it's wow, you are good God. Look at what you're doing in that life. Look what you're doing in my life. Look what you're doing throughout church. God wants us to live our lives with that sense and that ability. And I reckon sometimes, you know what, what the most restrictive thing in our life is that instead of seeing the land, life through the lens that God wants us to see, we're seeing it through those other lenses. And because of that, we respond to every opportunity through the lens that we've created for ourselves. And God is saying this morning, come on, it's time to stop and to pray and to say, God, I want to see. I can see, but I can't see clearly. I got partial but I want full. I want you to open the eyes of my heart that I can see you, see what you're doing, see the future. I see people, but they look like trees. I, I see my business, but I don't know how to move it forward. I, I see my marriage, but man, I just know, God, you've got more for it. I see my children, but there's a gift of God in their lives. And I'm praying that you would open my eyes to see it. I, I know where I want to get to, but I don't know how to get there. I see the shop that I'm in, but I'm missing a connect between it and the eternal purpose of God in my life. I see this opportunity, but I don't know if I could take it, it might overwhelm me. I don't know what to do. I can't see clearly, but I know that there is more. And come on this morning, I believe that God wants to move in your life and in your heart and cause us to see what He wants us to see, to open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see it in Jesus' name. And come on, all over this room, would you stand to your feet, every person? And I want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing for a few moments. And I believe this morning that God wants to do a work in your heart. God wants to do a work in your life. Come on, would you open up your heart this morning? Every person, would you reach your hands to heaven, wherever you are? Open your heart. Father, I'm praying this morning that you would open the eyes of our hearts. 
Open the eyes of our hearts in Jesus' name. Cause your presence and your power right now to fill this room, to fill every life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm praying right here from the front to the back and the left to the right. Father, that you would cause our eyes to open and to see your call, to see your purpose, to see what you are doing in our church. Let faith fill every heart. Father, I break unbelief and I break skepticism. I'm asking today, let faith fill every life right here, right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, as we begin to sing, I want you to open your mouth and you declare it with your hands lifted, your heart open. Come on, let's declare this over our lives this morning in Jesus' name. Come on over your life this morning. Declare it. Let faith arise. Come on. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Come on, you sing it this morning. Oh. Let faith arise here in the sunny coast. In Melbourne this morning. Let faith arise. Come on with your hands lifted, every person. Let faith arise. I thank you, Jesus. All over this room, you're working in hearts. I'm praying right now, take off the masks, take off the filters. I thank you whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. I'm praying right now, Lord, as we declare these words one more time, let faith arise. I'm praying from the front to the back, the left to the right, here in the Sunshine Coast in Melbourne this morning for every person. Let faith come alive in a new level to believe and to see what you're doing in Jesus' name. Come on, let faith. Let faith arise. Yeah. <laughs> 
by faith. Somebody here needs to go home and read Hebrews 11 by faith, by faith, by faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's the substance of things you can't see. And this morning, God's putting a substance in your heart to believe. And you're going to see things that can't be seen. But never forget that what is unseen is more real than what is seen. Because God is spirit. There's people all over this room that have been believing for salvation of family members, for children of your own, for people who are part of your world. I just want us to take one moment and just pray over those things because I just feel like God is doing something significant right here. Would you reach your hands to heaven? You're saying, that's me. I'm praying for a family member, praying for somebody that I love, praying that God would move in their life. And Father, in Jesus' name, we declare a breakthrough. It's coming. We see the miracle in the name of Jesus. I declare salvation in every heart and every life. I thank you, Father. Father, this is a revival season. As we step into the 20s, I thank you right now. You're releasing revival across the nation of Australia. And in Jesus' name, I call every prodigal home. I call every family member in. I thank you for the promise of your word that you and your entire family will be saved in Jesus' name. And come on, let's sing it together. I see a breakthrough coming. Come on. A breakthrough is coming. Just let's take one moment and pray over Melbourne this morning because, you know, I know a breakthrough is coming in that city and God is going to do something great as we launch that. Come on, everyone in Melbourne, why don't you lift your hands? Who here in the sunny coast, lift your hands as well. And together, we're one church family in multiple cities. And Father, we declare over this launch season, Father, miracle upon miracle upon miracle. I thank you, God, that you will fill your house with people finding Christ. I thank you for souls coming in. I thank you for a, for a flood of salvations in Jesus' name. I thank you for miracle story after miracle story. And you will launch your church. Lord, I thank you not with just with words but with power in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray in Holy Spirit, turn up from the first Sunday and move miracles and lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe for that, why don't we give God one great shout of praise this morning. We thank you, Jesus. And hey, I want to take one more moment this morning and I've gone way over time, I apologize. But I, I do know this morning there are people in this room and the honest truth of your life is that you don't have your own relationship with Jesus. And maybe you've never ever made a decision to open up your life to the reality of God. You're in church this morning and you're saying, man, I'm just looking, but I've never actually opened my heart and said, God, if you're real, come into my life. And this morning, I want to encourage you to make that decision right here, right now. Don't stay skeptical. Don't stay in the back. Don't stay with your heart closed. But this morning, Open your heart and say, God, if you're real, come in to my life. Maybe you're here and you used to follow Jesus, but for whatever reason, you've walked away. Today, my friend, 
make a choice to come back to Jesus. Maybe, maybe just hang around church and you never really understood and never stepped in. You said, is it good enough? I go to church. Does that make me a Christian? Well, no more than go to McDonald's and make a hamburger. So this morning, why don't you make a choice and say, I'm here and I'm going to make a decision to allow Jesus to come in and be the Lord of my life. So come all over this room. Would every person please bow your head and close your eyes? And if no one would be moving, nobody talking, nobody looking, but in this holy moment, I want you to look inside your heart. Why do I ask you to close your eyes? Because it illuminates your own soul. Ask yourself this question. Do I have my own relationship with God? If your answer to that question is not a clear and confident yes, I'd love to pray with you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you, if you're saying that's me, to lift up your hand. I'm not going to move you from your seat. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to know who I'm praying with this morning. Then we're going to pray a prayer. Every single person in this room is going to pray this prayer. Whether you lift your hand or not, you're going to pray it. So don't make that the point of decision. But this morning you're saying, hey, I'm away from God. I don't have Jesus in my life. I've never made a decision to invite God into my life. I want you to lift up your hand on the count of three. Maybe you're here saying, I've done that in the past, but I know I've walked away. You know where you stand before God. If you're away from Him this morning, on the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand at the same time and say yes to Jesus. So maybe you're here and you're just saying, I just don't really know where I stand before God. I'm unsure. Listen, today, walk out of this church knowing that you know that you know that Jesus is your Lord and heaven is your home. On the count of three, you lift up your hand. You're in any of those categories or you just know I need to respond to God. On the count of three, take your hand, lift it nice and high in the air. It's a crowded room. The lights in my eyes. I don't want to miss you this morning. If that's you, take your hand, lift it high, lift it so that I can see it. One, two, three. Lift it right now. So that's me. Fantastic. Hands are going up literally all over the building. Anybody else you want to join? There's about five or six people already responded. But if you need to lift your hand, lift it, lift it right now. So that's me. We're not looking for numbers. We're looking for names. Remember, God is looking at your heart and at your life. If you need to respond, lift your hand right now and say yes to Jesus. Lift it right now. We're going to move forward. Just one moment. But if that's you, lift your hand. Lift it right now. Say yes. Say yes. Wonderful Jesus. Everyone has lifted your hand. Thank you so much. You can put it down. I appreciate that. We're going to pray a prayer right now. And every person lifted your hand, I want you to pray this from the bottom of your heart. Everybody else, if you're a member of this church, I want you to pray this out loud and pray it loud. You are the prayer team this morning. So help these people. Come on. We're going to pray this together. Pray, Lord Jesus. Come on, church, louder than that. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You died for me. I'll live for you. Come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, forgive me of my sin. I choose to turn my life around and I choose to follow you, Jesus. I thank you that this morning I am forgiven and I am born again. Right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, just give a massive hand for everybody who's responding this morning. Come on, man, that is absolutely brilliant. Come on. And hey, I just want to encourage everyone to just respond. In a moment, my friend Jeremy's going to come and take over the service. I live in Christchurch. I don't live here on the Sunshine Coast, but this is a great church. And what, they're going to, what Jeremy's going to talk to you about is your next step. And I just want to encourage you, don't just lift up a hand and say, that's all good. No, no, no. Jesus took the man by the hand and he took many steps to get outside the village so that he could be fully have his sight restored. And God wants us to have other people take us by the hand and say, we're going to follow Jesus together. Come on, let's go on a journey. And 
Let's just keep taking those steps of faith as we follow after Jesus. Jeremy's going to talk to you about them, but I just want to encourage you, make sure that you do them because it's really going to bless your life and it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, church. Have a great afternoon. I'll see you tonight. Looking forward to it.